0: Uh, that was an amazing rendition. Well, good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas! It's getting dangerously close. Before we know it, uh, we have to start making payments on everything we got for Christmas. Um, but you know, you know, there's our family. Christmas is one of the things we just, love. and um, we're really looking forward to this year. Uh, Mom and Dad will be able to spend Christmas with us this year. And so they're here today, and I'm really excited that they're here. You know, when you're a kid, when you're a kid, Christmas never shows up. All of us were kids once. Uh, I have it on good authority. But, you know, we're waiting for Christmas, and Christmas doesn't, you can live five days, but Christmas is no closer when you're a little kid. But when you're a parent, Christmas just comes flying along. It comes flying along, and you're kind of going, let's slow it down. The kids are going, let's speed it up, and... Just a strange thing going in your house where everybody's hoping it's happening at different times. And, then, uh, but nobody really gets their wish. It just comes when it comes. But I remember, uh, am I breaking up out there? Can you guys hear me okay? All right. Um, I remember when I was a kid, we opened our presents on, on Christmas Eve and we did it right after, uh, we did it right after, here, we're going to check this out. Thanks guys. Thanks. All right, this might be a little more consistent, and uh, if the wind blows real hard, I'll lose all my notes, and we'll just have a good time. <laughs> um, you guys, uh, when I was when I was a little kid, we opened Christmas presents on Christmas Eve, and what my mom and dad would do is they would wake us up after Santa Claus left, and so we had to go in and go to sleep before Christmas, and, and when my sister and I, that was one of the hardest things we had to do, is to lay there, because Christmas was almost here, and we had to go to sleep first. And then with our kids, you know, uh we have three kids. Uh with us we opened presents in Christmas morning and I remember I remember I'd have to set a time, otherwise, you know, they'd be up at four o'clock in the morning. I'd say, Okay, six thirty, that's when I'm gonna open your door. And I would get up around five thirty, you know, we need to have just a little bit of time to sleep. And I would go in and uh I would see the light was on and I'd I'd hear hushed voices. At like 5:30 in the morning, and I'd hear things like, "Is that dad? Is he coming?" And then, they, and then they took the the kitchen clock off the wall and they had it on the floor, and they would so they could keep track of time. They go, "No, it's not time yet." And so I'd hear them talking all this. And I can tell you, one of the funnest things I ever had is, got to do as a dad was open that door at 6:30. <laughs> that was just a lot of fun to open that door. Now, you know, there's that that hopeful expectation. There's that hopeful expectation of Christmas that just makes it so fun for a kid. It's hard to go to sleep and it's hard to, it's hard to stay asleep because Christmas is coming. You know, when there's something that you're really wishing for and you begin to believe that it could happen, you begin to have hope. And you know, when hope shows up, there's this wave of excitement with it that just is just excited about what the future could possibly hold. And that's just what hope looks like. And This morning, you know, we're looking, I want to look at this idea of just hopeful expectation for what the future could hold and how that's what each of us really need in our lives. That's what God really wants to give us is just this hopeful expectation for what the future holds. We just sang uh, O Holy Night, which is one of my favorite Christmas songs in the whole world. And there's a line in that song that I want to highlight. The song was written to kind of highlight Jesus' birth and the night that he was born. And the line I want to highlight today is, there's a line in there that says, A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. You know, that word weary, I think it really it really does an accurate word. It captures our world. There's so many things in our world that just make us weary. Um, I'm not going to go into politics right now, but just the political atmosphere where everybody hates everybody and everyone's at loggerheads, it just gets weary sometimes. And then... You know, if you'd like to buy a house in Los Angeles County, that can get a little weary because that can seem really out of reach. But there are there are things in our world that, just, that can just make us weary, and also in our personal worlds. Our personal worlds, they can really get weary as well. They, you know, maybe there's some difficulties that you're having in relationships, maybe some difficulties in responsibilities that you have, maybe some difficulties in just your career, uh, maybe in your family. But there's just things that just can really weigh us down. And I find that in my own life, uh, when, when I focus on just me and what I can do and what I can't do or just the world that, that's just kind of surrounding me, I can get really weary and what, ha- and I can, re- it really kind of co- colors everything. It kind of colors everything about me. And so there's something that if I stay there, it's just not a fun place to stay. But what Jesus did on Christmas morning is he invaded our world and he invaded our world so that we could have real hope. So how do we connect to that hope? in mean, just a few minutes this morning, I want to talk about how we connected that hope and I want to take us I want to take us back to the year uh, five eighty six bc so five hundred and eighty six years before Jesus was born we 're going to be looking at uh, the time of Jeremiah in the Old Testament. Uh, in the book of... Uh, we're going to be looking at Lamentations 3, 19 through 25. I'm just going to be reading some excerpts of what Jeremiah said. But the time frame, the, what was going on in this time frame, is the Jerusalem had just been taken captive. They had been conquered by the Babylonians and taken to exile. And Jer- Jeremiah was feeling the pain of that. He was feeling the pain of that. And he was hurting right along with everyone else. Plus, he began to look inward. And he began to see his own world. He began to see just how he was falling short. And he began to see his shortcomings. And he said this. He said, remember my affliction and my wandering, the wormwood and bitterness. Surely my soul remembers and is bowed down within me. And he's just it's just a picture of just a weary world that he saw around him. But then the next word he says is the word but. And he says, but this I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope that the Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease and his mercies never fail. They never come to an end. They are new every morning. And then when Jeremiah, he says this, he's, he recalls to his mind just the character of God and who God really is in his life. And then he changes from talking about God and he changes to talking to God. I don't think he could help it. And the next thing he says is, great is your faithfulness. And so when Jeremiah, he looks, he looks at God, he just, he looks over his life and he sees how God has taken care of him over and over again. And whatever God said, that's what God does. And what God said he wouldn't do, God God didn't do it. It's something he's absolutely reliable in that his mercies never end. And I think Jeremiah, he, he keyed in on something that's really important for us today. And that is hope is tied up in the, is tied up in the character of the one you hope in. Hope is tied up in the character of the one you hope in. In fact if you think about, you know what I love uh you know I love to be able to take my kids to Disneyland and shoot every once in a while we could do it uh if we could miss a food car payments. But uh but you know we one uh, w- w- is just one of the funnest things if you think if you just think of like two dads, think of two dads they're coming home from work they both come home, and they meet the family. They're connected to the family. And they each bring their kids around them, and they both say the same thing. They tell their kids, hey, guys, next Wednesday, you're not going to go to school. And then you get kids' attention. You say something like that, you get your kids' attention. And what we're going to do is we're going to go to Disneyland. And we're going to take the whole day. We're going to spend time in Disneyland. And... Uh, the kids for dad number one, they jump up, they start getting all excited, they they just start jumping around, just kind of screaming, and then they start thinking, well, wait a minute, what are we gonna do first? Because they're just thinking, okay, what are we gonna do first? Wait, Star Wars. Do we do Star Wars first? How do you do Star Wars? So they start going on the online, figuring out how to do Star Wars. They take out a piece of paper, start writing out what they're gonna do first, kind of making plans. And then you go over to the kids for dad number two, and Dad number two says, hey, we're going to go to Disneyland, guys. And they all go, well, that's great, Dad. And they all kind of just go back to what they were doing. And you, say, you ask, why? Why is that? And the, the answer is because the, the kids of dad number one, they know their dad. And they know that when dad says something, he does it. When dad says it, it's going to happen because he always does what he says he's going to do. And that's something that they've learned over time as they've gotten to know him as their dad. And when he says we're going to Disneyland, Disneyland is really real to them. And then with the kids for dad number two, you know, their, their dad, and he, he's a good guy. He tries, you know, he has a lot of good ideas, but it seems like he he, he says things, but then they, they usually wind up not happening because something comes up, something, you know, there's always something that happens where they just don't get to do what they said. So there's a chance. There's a chance they might go to Disneyland, but they're just not sure. And so for them, Disneyland is not very real at all. So it's, the hope you have is tied up in the character of the one you have hope in. And that's the way it is with God. So with with Jeremiah, so with Jeremiah, what he did is he began to recall to mind exactly who God was, the God that he knew. And he began, he had developed a real track record with God. And he had seen his never-ending love and he'd seen his mercies never end. And he had seen his great faithfulness. And when you, when you see that, when you develop a real track record yourself, like Jeremiah did, with God and get to know him for who he really is, what happens is your worry world, uh, gets, gives way to the thrill of hope. Your weary world just gives way to the thrill of hope. And hope invades your life when you begin to really just understand and know God. And then Jeremiah goes on, he says, just a few more things, he says, The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. And I think, you know, when he said, the Lord is my portion, what he's saying is that it's God who satisfies him. It's God and it's the relationship that he has with him that satisfies him. And the key to that kind of hope, the key to the hope that that brings is by seeking him. It's by seeking out God and getting to know him over time. And as you seek him out, as you seek him out and you spend time in his word and you you begin to just take in you kind of invite God into your day and you begin to take what he says seriously and put it into practice in your life, you begin to see just the you begin to really experience his character experientially and get to know him for who he really is. And you begin you begin to have hope. Now Now, God knew, God knew that we would never really fully understand where he was coming from unless he came down, became one of us, and related with us personally. And that's what Jesus did. And that's what Christmas is all about, is when Jesus came, and he came to uh, just invade history and be a part of our lives. So when Jesus was born, there was a thrill of hope that just reverberated through the world. And if we'll seek him, if we seek him, that hope will reverberate through our lives too. And so I want to I want to wrap up this morning with uh, I'm going to put this mic down for a second. I want to tell you just a quick story of a Christmas Eve in 1906. As I wrap up the talk today, in 1906 Christmas Eve, there was a guy named Reginald. Uh, Reginald uh what's his name Ferdinand uh which is a great name you you grow up as a tough kid when you have a name like Reginald Ferdinand but he was a guy he worked he worked with uh, Thomas Edison and he did something in on 1906 that a lot of people thought was absolutely impossible and that was putting the human voice across radio waves and at the time they were they used radio with just pulses of electricity to put messages into code and so uh, ships out on the ocean had these wireless uh, radio devices. Uh, newsrooms for newspapers had these, these, these wireless devices. But what he did is he made this makeshift generator, and he stuck a microphone in it. And in 1906, on Christmas Eve, he broadcasted the very first broadcast on AM radio. And it came across all those people's radios and freaked everyone out because they'd never heard a voice. They're like pulling people around, and everyone kind of that were in those locations got around it, and they were listening to what he had to say. And what he did is, once he made connection, what he what he did is he read the Christmas story from Luke 2. In fact, he read these words. He said, this is a portion of what he read. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, "'Don't be afraid,' he said. "'I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. "'The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord,' has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord told us about. And they hurried to the village, and they found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had told them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. So these are the first words that are broadcast in the history of the world on AM radio. And then Reginald, what he did is he turned around behind him and he grabbed his violin. And he played the first song ever broadcast on AM radio. And it was the song we just sang. It was, Oh Holy Night. And so this morning, this morning we, there's a thrill of hope that was broadcast in 1906 across the AM radio waves. And this morning there's a thrill of hope that's really broadcast in our lives. And if we will seek him, we can connect with him so I would encourage each one of us this Christmas as you know all the things you do for Christmas it's so busy there's so many things going on a lot of fun a lot of work to carve out time to spend time with Jesus to get to know him more and just really to be like Mary who just treasured these things in her heart and thought about them often so as we go through as we go through the next Christmas as we go through this Christmas the next few days let's just remember him and the hope that he brings so i'm going to i'm going to ask the band to go ahead and come back up and if you didn't finish filling out your connection card you can go ahead and do that now and then i'm going to pray and then we'll get back uh, and we'll finish up with some more singing father god just very grateful to you that you did not leave us untethered in the dark but that you cared and that you came and the father just for who you really are and that we really can have hope in you and, God, I pray that this week, I pray that uh, this year, that we would find that hope as we just walk with you day by day and get to know you more. In Jesus' name, amen.